Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode, Nick and I sit down with Fabio Campanella, who is an accountant here in Canada, and he also has several financial designations that are all around the investment industry here in Canada, and we sit down to discuss the crypto world and taxes. So Fabio breaks down how CRA is currently looking at Bitcoin and how CRA is dip, uh, typically looking at some of these other crypto coins, altcoins, whatever you want to call them. And in this space, it does get a little interesting and complicated right now. We think there's going to be some regulations that come out to make things more clear later this year. We discuss where we think some of that is headed on this episode as well. And I think this gives you a good idea of what to expect and how CRA is going to look at some of this stuff. For those of you out there who are buying Bitcoin, trading Bitcoin, buying some of these other altcoins, trading these altcoins, it's good to have this information so you know what to expect from CRA. And if you are listening to this, you should also know that we started doing video for the Your Life, Your Term show, show as well. We have two cameras in-house now. We're getting a third. We started putting these up on our YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so that you can get all of those. And you can find our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. That's youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. If you hit the big fat subscribe button, you will get the video of all of these episodes if you choose as well. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live. I think we're recording. I think the volumes are okay. Nick, can you hear me okay? Uh, beautifully. We are here with Nicholas Alexander Carazza, my brother, and Fabio Campanella. Fabio, your name could not be more Italian. It might be able to be more Italian. Do you have a middle name? Domenico. Oh, oh, so you can be. <laughs> Fabio Domenico Campanella. There you go. You cannot, that is the max Italian. You might you, as well just call me a pizza or a pasta or something, right? <laughs> Holy smokes. When you, you were born in Canada, though. Yes. Uh, where? Toronto? Woodbridge. I believe. On. You oh. believe. You don't know where you were born. But when your parents named you, they went all out. Fabio Domenico yes. Campanella. Holy smokes. Where, where did you go to school? Where I went to school in Downsview okay. in North York. That's where I started off. Uh, then uh, switched over to Thornhill. Got so it. I was like the only Italian kid. Really? No, I'm joking. Okay, there, were actually lot, say, there were actually a lot of Italian yeah, kids. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a heart attack there. Yeah. Um, okay, so today we're talking about um, we're talking about that Fab drove up, up here in a Tesla. And I just mentioned that I got a Tesla as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like... That you've been waiting for for six since, months and it might be another yeah, since June. Ever Basically, Fab, just so you know, ever since Elon Musk said Bitcoin is bad... I've wanted to give my Tesla back, but then I've waited so long and got so lazy. I have this deposit. I haven't done anything yet. Apparently going to get it just as a, but I don't think Elon would really mind because I think there's a hundred buyers for every single Tesla they put out because I was supposed to get it in June and I still haven't got it. And now they just updated yesterday till October, but you're liking your Tesla. You know, I, I really like it. Honestly, it takes getting used to with uh, respect to recharging and, and whatnot, but it's such, it's a smooth drive. Um, the tech is amazing if you're like a minimalist with design which i am then it's perfect but if you like bells and whistles all over your car then it's going to be crap for you. it's weird that everybody who has a tesla likes it there must be something crap i think after it. you spend that much money in the car you have to and it's not like super flashy or anything you just have to justify your purchase and that's why they say it 
No, but people who get a mo Model 3s aren't that expensive and people like the Model yeah, 3s. Yeah, I guess. It is cool. To your point, I mean, the, the ones I've seen, is just, it, there's nothing there. There's just a big iPad that's the control panel and then there's there's an accelerator You're and a steering wheel. You're basically buying that's an it. iPad with wheels. That's basically You're what this You're essentially buying a computer with an electric motor. That That's what I, that's the with way I look at it. With a seat in it and you just drive it. Yeah. It's like driving around in your laptop. You got it. And, and if you're not a car guy, like I'm not a car guy, I, I don't care about feeling the power, hearing the engine roar. I don't care about that stuff. I just want to go. Yeah. But we know car guys that love it. Like, like there's a guy here that, that got rid of his Maserati and just, he had a Maserati and a Tesla and he got rid of the Maserati, just kept the Tesla. He likes it so much. He, get, he had the S? Because uh, that yeah. thing's a, that, yeah. the S is a beast. The S and the fast version of it with, he got you know. The ludicrous mode. Yeah. 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 I didn't And get it's the crazy. Like, it's crazy because he took us for a ride in it. And I'm like, it, when he hits the gas, like, I was like, whoa, it, it is fast. Yeah. I didn't get the uh, the plaid, which is now the super fast one. I have the long range one, which I think the battery is 680 kilometers. That's what I got, the, the long, long, long yeah, range. Okay. Yeah. And then now, uh, but it only goes zero to 60 in 3.1 seconds or yeah, 3.2. So it's horrible. So it's really. Yeah, it's really, it's really a, a good friend of mine has a Porsche that goes zero to 60 in 3.6. He's like, wait a second, your four-door sedan goes zero to 60 yep. faster. These than electric motors, man, the electric motors are changing everything. There's just no, the, the, the amount of go. energy waste is is like minimal compared to the, the combustion engines. The right? thing that I'm disappointed is last time I got the X5 that had green plates, um, who was in power? Was that a federal program? I got money back. Yeah, you did. I think I got $12,000 yeah. back. Now they got rid of these programs. I really want to get a check back from the government because I'm saving the world. By getting this well, Tesla, well, how much note, energy was uh, was expended to, to, to create it, yeah. the Tesla? And what happens to the batteries after yeah, the fact? Just, yeah. If you don't get the rebate, you actually get um, a better capitalization rate in your company and more CCA oh, and oh, more yeah. HST back. Oh, because uh, because I had to take that rebate off the price of the right. car. So what happens is you get you get a different class of CCA. So you, in essence, you can capitalize fi uh, fifty five thousand of the car. And depreciate that rather than thirty thousand. Yeah, got it. Okay, got it. Figure, it takes an account to figure yeah. something. So, what are you trained in? You're an accountant. So, I'm a CPA or CA, whatever you want to call it, depending on how old you are. Uh, for us, it's CA. I uh, thought it was one was the U.S. One was Canadian. No, they Changed they remarketed. Chartered accountant here in Canada to chartered professional accountant so that they could have the same acronym as uh, the U.S. Oh, oh right? I didn't know that. More inter uh, better international recognition, whatever. And they merged uh, the CMAs and the CGAs into the same oh, gosh. into the same pot. So they just created a new designation, right? So my original training was pure accounting into in CA, CPA, whatever route. Then I became a CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. Then I became a uh, chartered investment manager and I got my IROC license for retail what investing. They teach you at Certified Financial Planner, a 60-40 diversified portfolio. And That's probably pretty much what they do, right? I don't want to talk bad about it. But Those are a lot of multiple yeah, choice. I know you don't. Yeah. We will talk badly. <laughs> Those are a lot of multiple choice quizzes you hey, have to take. Listen, to, yeah. to all these designations, you're lucky you're here. You're lucky we don't have financial planner people. Well, yeah, but then I also got the life insurance license yeah. and then I got my tax specialization with uh, the in-depth the in-depth course we we got our podcast license um, um a while ago yeah. and our youtube channel license uh you know, so i did i did too much i think i did too <laughs> no much. but the, the reason that we keep bringing you back here is because you know a crap load of good stuff on all this together and i think it's the marriage of the financial planning and the accounting and all this thing stuff together but today you was it a post that you wrote about uh taxes on crypto 
Right. So obviously, um, Bitcoin itself isn't crypto. It's completely separate. So whatever you're about to share doesn't apply to Bitcoin. I just want you to know what right. you share about taxes right now applies to all the other stuff that we call crypto. <laughs> Bitcoin is by itself in another world. Just, just that's the so, way I view it in my mind. Obviously, the the popularity of Bitcoin. You know, with you guys, your listeners for sure are probably piling a ton of money into it. Um, a lot of my clients are putting money into it. Uh, and the popularity of Bitcoin has just skyrocketed. And then other cryptos, uh, cryptocurrencies, other digital sort of assets, right? And, um, you know, the, these new asset classes are really stumping the, the tax community, I think, because there's no precedent really for it. So they need to create um, policies upon which they can base their taxation decisions, right? So if you open up the Income Tax Act, you're not going to see Bitcoin in the Income Tax Act. So there's no legislation that says this is how we're going to tax uh, Bitcoin. So what do you have to do? You have to go to interpretation by the regulator or the, the the enforcer, right? The CRA. You have to go to the courts. You have to go to other tax professionals who can make an informed decision. So I think that uh, you know, this might not be the most exciting podcast, but I think it's going to be worthwhile for your listeners if they're investing. In and, and why do we have to go to somebody to make an informed decision if it's not in the Income Tax Act, if right. I'm saying that correctly? Yeah. Can't I just say, and I, I know the answer here, but mm -hmm. can't I just say, well, it's not in the Income Tax Act. I'm not paying tax on this. Right, yeah, right. You can. You should. Yeah. No, I know. I, I understand CRA is not <laughs> no, going to I like know, that, but, but uh, th you can't play like that? You, you you really can if you don't mind um, something called jail, right? Because that's where I'm going to throw you if you don't. If okay, you, no, but <laughs> but I, and I'm asking seriously because I guess I'm, I'm everything that is not outlined specifically in the Income Tax Act is still covered by the Income Tax Act. Is that the way it works? Well, remember, we're in a common law country. Right. So we're not in a in let's say call it a civil law uh, jurisdiction, let's say, you know, in Europe, for example, where everything is legislated. Right. So we're in a common law country. We have more flexibility in the way that we apply laws. Right. So there's the legislation, like the, the written laws. And then there's judges uh, cases which set precedents. And then there's the regulator or the the collector, the tax collector, the agency, the CR, the, the CRA, right? And they have their own interpretation of things. So the, the idea is anytime there is a financial transaction or a transaction between multiple individuals or two individuals at least, whereby there is some sort of exchange that can be measured financially, you have a potentially ten taxable transaction, okay? And Bitcoin is, is an asset, if you go by the definition of an asset, it, it is something that holds value, right? That holds monetary value that can be measured in some sort of a legal currency, right? So any transaction in Bitcoin is going to attract a potential tax or a potential sort of uh, collection of tax, right? So how does that happen? How, how does that work, right? And the way it works really is you have to narrow down what the transaction is. Right. But before you narrow down the transaction, you have to understand some basic concepts of taxation. So in Canada, right, there's really two ways that something like Bitcoin could be taxed. It's either going to be business or capital. Right. And I think you guys understand that concept with real estate. Right. So with real estate, you buy a property. Okay. Maybe you put in a tenant, you have rents, and that's pretty well established. You have rents, rents come in and they're taxable, right? But then when you buy and sell real estate, 
that's where the gray area comes in. Is it on capital? Like, is it a capital gain or a capital loss? Or is it some sort of a business income? So that's a very important concept to understand when before you even get into the details of how Bitcoin is taxed. Okay, so just before we go further then, just for everybody listening, the reason CRA would think as a real estate investor, what you're doing could be business income would be that if you are buying and selling properties repeatedly, maybe two a year for five years, it's hard to argue that this is a capital gain that you're getting for whatever detail I do not understand, but it looks to CRA that it is. this is more a business activity that you're buying with the intent of selling so that it's not really an investment. This is actually some kind of business activity and we're gonna tax this as business income or as income as opposed to being able to use capital gains on these things. And does this, was that kind that's of a very accurate? good in interpretation. Okay. Yes. And so does the same thing apply if you're a trader? Like, I mean, let's say your, your income is derived from you're a stock trader. So then is it considered business income versus capital gains? I guess it would. It could be with any anything type okay. of asset, right? Now, if you rewind, I think it might've been even a year ago when I came on with Joseph Lepresti and he went through that list for real estate. Which was great. Right? That, was that was a great, great podcast. Yeah. And that's yeah. worth, that's worth a listen. Okay. Because the, the rules and the interpretation surrounding the taxation of real estate are very well developed because it's a very well developed asset class. Mm -hmm. And this right? one's new. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not just the intention, the frequency, but it's a multitude of different factors that come into play with real estate. And what you're going to see here is that the same thing happens with Bitcoin. Okay. The difference is it's brand new and this is going to change over time likely. So here's my thing is this world moves so fast. The government moves so slow, right? So like some people have been trading Bitcoin for years. Let's not even say go back to the beginning, but let's just say three years ago, four years ago, people started trading Bitcoin and, and they've made some profits here. And then, so the government's obviously, once the legislation's introduced, if they have, a, uh, if there's paper trails of that, they're going to go back and try to tax those people. How far back can they go in this world? Because other things are coming out so rapidly that they just, the world is moving with technology now at such a pace, the government regulations can't keep up. They're going to call, keep falling further and further behind. So there's, they're never going to be able to catch up. This is my opinion. So like, where does this, go? like, how much do you- Yeah, how uh, much is this retroactive? Yeah, that- Well, technically they can go back three years, right? I thought, from it, the, really from thought the, it was seven. Well, it's they three. can go back three years from the date of the assessment under normal circumstances. But if they think that there's been something fishy and they, and they uh, you know, there's been fraud, for example, they can go back 50 years. Like, they can go back as far as they- So really fraud is, is if you just don't, let's say, let's say I was trading Bitcoin three, four years ago. Yeah. I bought it at 10 bucks. I sold it at 100. Um, and they don't, in two years, they, the regulations come out so they can then come back. Like it's more than three years old. Is that, is that fraud? Generally, is it, if I don't claim something, is that fraud? Generally speaking, they're going to, they're going to go back three years. Okay. Fraud would be, you know, malicious, intent, malicious intent. You knew you were supposed to report this and you didn't. Okay. And the, the so classic example, yeah. yeah. The classic example is you sold a pound of cocaine and for cash. Like the, yeah, so it. you're obviously a criminal. I love that. That's <laughs> you know the I mean? classic. Yeah, yeah. The that's classic, classic example. That's, 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 the, the, fa that's but, the Fabio Domenico. That's the Fabio <laughs> Domenico <laughs> Campanella. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that, that transaction is actually taxable. And that's actually. It's no a, way. Yeah, yeah. Proceeds of crime are taxable. Right. Oh my gosh. So, so that, that's Come a, on. that's so, a classic transaction. Actually, I right? know this, I don't know why that just jumped into my mind. Somebody at the airport just got a fine that we know for not going into, not just back in July for not doing the hotel quarantine yeah. or whatever. The fine was taxable. 
So they got a fine from, I guess, the health department of Canada or whatever. Tax on it. But then they taxed it. So they're paying tax so, on the fine. But this is interesting because if well, so. That's weird. If, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting to, this through I'm the grapevine. I'm getting this through the grapevine. I have not seen it myself, but that's what I was told. But I, if you're a drug dealer and then they can't catch you on the cocaine charges, but you're paying your tax because you're claiming all the revenue, then because so, sometimes they get you on these other tax charges, right. then they can't get you on those. Yeah. So, you so you should, should just pay claim the tax. income. So you're dealing cocaine, yeah. pay your tax. This is a good lesson for and everyone. And you likely can't go down. The police <laughs> and then what's will the, have to catch what's you. What's the but code you're going to put on, on your yeah. business uh, form, right? Uh, yeah, coke dealer. Yeah. It's not going to work. Right? It's not going to yeah. work. Okay. Right. Just just uh, buy Bitcoin in a cold wallet and then <laughs> nobody will find you, right? Um, okay. <laughs> so, 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 so keep going. Keep yeah. Going. So the first concept is, uh, you know, business versus capital, right? So if you go to the, the you know, I need the notes because I can't remember all this crap, right? So the, the big thing they're looking at are, are you carrying on a, a commercial activity, right? Or are you just buying something and holding it, right? So if you're carrying on a commercial activity, um, you're, you're undertaking business-like, uh, you're doing things in a business-like manner. You have a website, you're posting Twitter posts about this thing all the time. Essentially, use your gut. Are you running a business or are you doing something else, right? If you're running a business, it's you're looking at any any asset. You know, it could be Bitcoin, it could be gold, it could be anything. If you're running a business, it's going to be business on account of business when you report your taxes, right? If you're not, you may get capital gains treatment. So that's the first thing that people have to understand, okay? The next thing they have to understand is what the heck are you actually doing with Bitcoin? And I've identified essentially three things you could be doing with Bitcoin. You could be mining Bitcoin. You could be uh, transacting in Bitcoin to buy and sell other products or whatnot, okay, or services. Or you could be speculating on Bitcoin to make a profit, right? When, when you it, the, so in the speculation bucket for your framework there, is that just also just holding holding it? For yeah, you're buying, okay. Okay. you're buying Bitcoin. You're buying Bitcoin, right? It, got it. Now, those are the three. I guess you used the word speculating yeah. there, and I'm yeah. just not speculating. What you're are you investing about? in This Bitcoin. is the best thing yeah. I've ever Let's heard. say you're, you're investing in got Bitcoin, it. Okay. right? Got it. There are a multitude of other theoretical transactions that we're not going to cover because they're way... Yeah, sure. but, that but that covers, covers the vast majority. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like we're not talking about, you know, underwriting futures or whatever, right? So for those three transactions, right, let's start with mining. All right. So maybe you guys are probably better at explaining this. What is mining Bitcoin, mm. right? Yeah. Running computers to solve this cryptography, to kind exactly. of find the hash, to get the block reward, earning yourself some Bitcoin. Exactly. That's a business activity to me. Exactly. So you're, you're mining Bitcoin, which means you, you're literally creating Bitcoin and you're being rewarded with more Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. and you're, you're being compensated with Bitcoin. Clearly, it's a business transaction. It's clearly a business transaction. Or, and I guess that we should say obvious. we're talking about Bitcoin, and because the Bitcoin, because the network's grown so much, and to the miners are really just large, almost institutions now. Like they're, they're companies, full blown, blown companies, where some people with some other cryptocurrencies can still are still mining these types of things with some sort of more home setup. It might be more applicable to those people doing. You know, yeah, I mean, if you're running a business where you have like a huge data center and you're mining all kinds of well, most Bitcoin, of the miners, right? most of the miners at this home. point, at this point, yeah, no, it's not. You don't have the, the GPU power to do it at home okay. anymore. So yeah, okay. you, it's it's all data centers and stuff like right. that. But the smaller cryptos, the smaller other, I don't even want to call them currencies, but anyways, the other coins, uh, some of them people can do them at home still with that type of with, with right, a, right, a, right, a, right, a simple setup. But you're you're clearly creating some sort of of 
you're, you're creating a product and you're being compensated to create that product. You're providing a service in essence. So it's the same thing as providing any service, right? Then the next thing that you could be doing is you could be um, bu- buying and selling other things with Bitcoin that you own, right? So let's say you guys sell me a product and you take payment in Bitcoin, right? Now we're entering into something where this is completely brand new, right? So the, the government doesn't really have any any rules or, or regulations on this. So they defer to what we know as the barter transaction rules or the barter transaction uh, concept where, you know, I'm an accountant and you're a lawyer and I trade accounting services for legal services. We've bartered. These are taxable transactions, right? We're supposed to actually, you know, I do $2,000 of accounting work. You do $2,000 of legal work. We're supposed to charge each other that and collect Don't make HST. me laugh. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> the more I hear this, Don't more, make me laugh. Yeah. We're supposed to report a bar. So if somebody yeah. is going to cut my grass in exchange for me helping them do something, I'm supposed to call CRA yeah. and report this barter transaction. But you oh, don't, you don't do that? Yeah. Yeah, CRA is going to come knock yeah. at your door no, for that no, 30 for bucks. For the record, I've always been doing that. I would like to proclaim that I've always been doing that, Nick. And I'm surprised <laughs> that you haven't, which I can tell that you haven't based on your tone of voice right now. So I would like to call that. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, if you think about it logically, right, you would have paid cash for somebody to mow your lawn, right? Um, and they would have paid cash for whatever. I can't think of taxation as anything to do with logic, Fab. So yeah, <laughs> they, they, we can't even go there. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It, in you the it? CRA's eyes, that's a transaction. And you're it's a transaction. Yeah. It's a transaction. Now, in my example where um, I'm doing accounting work for a lawyer and the lawyer's doing legal work for me, right? If these are business to business, is the CRA, is the, the Canada losing anything? No, because I'm going to write off the lawyer's work and the lawyer's going to write off my work and I'm going to get the input tax credit and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, We're it's, a, it's a wash. It's a We're wash. Not yeah. neutral. However, however, if I have a landscaper and I do their accounting for free and they, you know, mow my lawn and, and clear my driveway throughout the year and that's our barter situation, society actually loses. Okay. How, how so if the value, if the value is similar? I can't write off the landscaping because it's to my personal home. Oh, personal home, yeah. So the HST is a value-added tax, which many, many countries have. And that is a a value-added tax means that it goes, you know, from business to business, business to business, until the ultimate consumer pays the value-added tax, pays the HST. So society has lost 13% of that transaction, okay? Except now because the government shut down your office because of their COVID lockdowns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we can, now we can stick <laughs> it back to them. The no, no, I got we you. get the concept. Right. But then we get into the other theoretical, they could just print more money, right? Sure. So oh, that's, yeah, 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 we don't even have but, to go but there. But society has actually lost there. So if you're paying with Bitcoin or transacting in Bitcoin, you have to understand that Canadian Canadian tax returns must be reported in Canadian dollars, essentially. So what happens is if you if I buy something from you in Bitcoin, you must still charge me HST. You can collect the HST in Bitcoin, and that transaction has to be reported on your on your uh, tax return at Canadian dollars on the, at the moment that it was transacted on. Got it. The Canadian dollar equivalent. You figure it. out the HST, and that's owed. And yeah. one other factor, because if you bought the Bitcoin at a hundred bucks. And when you're using the Bitcoin, like when you're using it to pay for the services, it's worth a thousand. Yes. Then you have to claim the gain on that Bitcoin as well. Exactly. And we go side. and we go back to are you are you investing in Bitcoin or are you using Bitcoin as 
uh, a currency. Sure. You know what I mean? That's why the government's just got to be freaking out because they can't, they, they haven't been able to keep up with this. They're so far behind the A-ball and there's right. already more transactions mm-hmm. happening. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a huge amount, but they must be freaking out because the, the, their level of control is slowly slipping. If you think right. about those, and they're going to fight to get it back. They, at this point, they probably just look at it as level of amount they could collect. Yeah, but sorry, and that's that's what I mean by that mm-hmm. because because it, it was easier for them to just clamp down on people mm-hmm. before because the, it was it was so much easier with the transactions. Were easy this to whole see. conversation's making me just think how crazy the government is. It's, yeah, it's it, yes, I, I agree about that. But I, I, another thing is just it's the system. Like it, it's not just the government. It's it's so antiquated. It's so it's so slow moving and it's so antiquated and they're trying to hold it back to be this old school system versus developing quickly trying to develop a new better way. And they've had so much time to do it. And the writing's been on the wall for this for a long time now. And they just move at a snail's pace. Okay. Well, they better move fast because the market cap of Bitcoin is over a trillion dollars at the moment. So I think it's actually actually on the screen behind me, it'll flash to you the US dollar. At some point, you'll see 900 and something. It's just under a trillion today. In Canadian dollars, it's actually you're right. right. Sorry, in Canadian dollars, it is. So they they better move fast. Um, And there are there are precedents. It's like, listen, if you guys open up a, a business account in US dollars, right? I mean, yeah, you're transacting US dollars. It's pretty straightforward right there's a there's a currency gain and loss and whatnot and you know you're yeah, not it's the same principles so keep going with your explanation right. thing okay so perfect so then you know we've covered the mining we've yep. covered the secondary transaction would be which would be transacting what is the one that is the most let's call it gray area and that is speculating or investing in bitcoin and this is where i'm gonna have to i'm sorry i gotta i gotta pull up my notes no pull okay. up but i gotta notes. ask you why is that how is that a gray area? To me, that seems simple. If if we're if we're saying it's a, an asset similar to like a gold or silver or whatever stock, and you're buying I guess it, it's you're, they haven't called it out exactly yet. Oh, because it, it's 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 more difficult to to make the determination, right? Because what it is. if you're I mining, this. if you're this mining, you're clearly running a business. If you're transacting, you're in clearly Bitcoin, transacting. You're yeah. clearly transacting. In, in but if I buy and sell Bitcoin. As part of my portfolio, is it, am I running a business or am I getting it on capital? That That's that's the area. That's probably mm-hmm. the toughest. Every time that somebody comes to me, I have to make the determination from scratch. If someone calls me and says, hey, I'm mining Bitcoin, it's a two-second conversation. Yeah, business income, done. But is but that's the same as if they're buying or selling anything. What is it, isn't it the same conversation? No, just no? they have not called in the ta- income tax act. There is no specific declaration of Bitcoin yet. That's why it's a gray area. No, no. But Nick has an actually a very good a very good uh, yeah, point. Yeah, it's Tom, the same as a any, very good yeah, point. It's the same as any asset class. It's like I buy and sell gold on or gold futures, or right? Facebook stock, whatever. Or Facebook I, I, stock. I, yeah. Is it capital or is it? Oh, on that Dude, point. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? So that's what you're saying is the gray area? That's the gray area, right? Because what happens is, you know, people come to me and they're like, you know, I have, do you have a taxable account? I'm like, sure. Okay, get me your, you know, get me your gain and loss report from the broker. And I get the gain and loss report and there's five transactions during the year. I'm just going to throw a capital gain. You know, but people have given me their gain and loss report. I'm like, buddy, you made 1,500 trades this year. Oh, got it. Okay. Right? 
Got so it. Because I'm just saying if you're that, trading the yeah, market, do you get it? Because yeah, it's yeah. so volatile, like because it moves so yeah. much, people are. But trading. if you're buying and holding this stuff, it's very clear to fab. I think so. Yeah. But if you're right. buying and selling, buying and selling in and out, then you have to make the determination. I is, got it a, is it a is it like a uh, side business now. or is yeah. it? Well, that's what I'm saying. So okay. let's go through let's go through the criteria that they're going to use, and they apply the same criteria. Yeah, you're about as to upset a lot of people. Security. So you have at it. Okay. Fabio Domenica. Domenica. Domenico. Domenica would be if I'm. Yeah. Sorry, Domenico. Fabio Domenico Campanella. Yeah. So, okay, look, point one, frequency of transactions. That's pretty obvious, okay? And that's applied to, you know, real estate, stocks, commodities, Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. The more frequent, the more they're looking at business transactions. But there's no absolute number here. It's no just, absolute number. It's gosh. it's a gut feeling. Can I? Okay. Right. As we go through so this, there's point a point number one is already up for debate. Yeah. But but uh, but I'm curious if it is business. So if you work, uh, you know, a T four income. So you work as a first salary of T four income, and then you're doing this on the side and is business income. So it's not through a separate corporation or something. Yeah. What tax rate do you get taxed if it's business income to you personally? Your marginal rate. So in Ontario, if oh, really? you're earning income at the highest marginal rate, um, you're paying fifty three point five three percent. So it's just added on to your personal income. Correct. So you you still get your average rate. It's not it's not all taxed at the highest bracket. It's just right. added to your personal income. Don't don't never look at transactions at the average rate. Always look at it at the marginal rate. That always makes it worse for me. Of course. So okay. I mean, but that it, that's what's realistic. So if you're earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is per year. You, you don't want to look at your average tax rate. You want to look at the margin. So what is one extra dollar going to attract in tax? That's how you make your ROI calculations. Got it. Okay. 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 We okay. need three accounts in here to all argue about what Fabio just said. because I No, but it makes sense because if you have the salary, which it. is pretty much not if guaranteed, but as long as you keep your job, it's, you know, you would think it's every extra dollars is marginal going to be taxed rate. at yeah. that rate. Right. So, and, yeah. and that's okay. more of a finance uh, concept than a taxation sure. concept, yeah, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So frequency of transactions. The more frequent, the more the more you're you're looking at business, okay? But frequency of transaction is not the only. It's one of a number of things, but it's the first one, okay? The next is the period of ownership. And this is exactly the same as uh, the concept for real estate, okay? Are you buying Bitcoin and then flipping it right away as soon as, you know what I mean? So the classic example here would be, you know, people that are trading intraday and they're trying to take advantage, they're trying to take advantage of intraday changes or volatility, right? So the frequency of transactions when you're trading intraday are going to be high, right? And the period of ownership is going to be low. These are two strikes against you. Okay. That's more meaning it, meaning it would be business income. Exactly. Okay. Right? So now after each point, I have a question, I think. So, right. so after the, I'm just curious to some people, if you are doing that type of setup and they're trading intraday, would some people do it through a corporation? And if you set up a separate corporation to do this, I don't know if you can or not. And if you do, then how does the tax work? Is it, because right. I guess it's not act, is it, it's not active business. So you don't get the small business. I mean, theoretically you could, I, I don't see why not. If you're running a business and the CRA determines that it's a business, then you're saying, okay, the, the Bitcoin is my inventory and I'm flipping it, flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. Um, you know, I, I'd go for, I'd go for active business income, okay. right? Okay. Theoretically, right? You, that, that's what's happening. Yeah. Until a determination is made, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Right? Okay. So we've, the frequency of transaction, the period of ownership. Then there's going to be the knowledge of the securities market or the knowledge of the market, right? If you're just some guy sitting around like do 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 doing it on the side, you don't even know what a Bitcoin is. You, you mm -hmm. 
you know, and you're playing, you're playing with Bitcoin, you know, are they really going to bother you? You're probably not going to be at it for a long time, right? So it's knowledge of the industry that, that, that factors into it. So let's go back to real estate. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to real estate. If you have you, to play that music in the background when you're doing it, do, do, yeah, do, you got to yeah. play the clown music, <laughs> okay. right? Okay. <laughs> but let's say if we go to real estate and I have a, uh, a property and, and the two of you have a property and, you know, I enter into two or three transactions in one year for whatever reason. And, uh, my period of ownership is low and you guys do the exact same thing. Okay. So just on these first three, um, criteria, the CRE is more likely to see the two of you as running a business and then me because I'm an accountant, a financial planner, you guys are realtors and you have a vast knowledge of the real estate market. So they're like, no, 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 no. You guys knew what was going on. You bought low and sold high. You had an idea. You had inside knowledge. Whereas this guy just got lucky. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally. Yep. So those, those are the first three. You have a question? Nope. Nope. All right. I'll think of another one. Okay. The next one is securities transactions form a part of uh, the taxpayer's ordinary business, or let's say Bitcoin transactions form a part of your ordinary business, right? So that is a tough one because does it really form a part of anyone's ordinary business? Maybe. Let's say you're you're running a company that mines Bitcoin, okay? And then once you're rewarded with Bitcoin, you start speculating like crazy with it and you start taking advantage of intraday volatility sure. and blah, blah, blah. At that point, you know, the CRA is like, hey, everything's business income here. You can't just claim business income on the Bitcoin reward and then capital gain on the Bitcoin sales. Bitcoin is your business. Do you no, see I, I, mean? I get where they're coming from. Sure. Because yeah. you're buying and selling it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The next thing would be time spent on the activity. Okay. You know, are you thinking Jesus. about, <laughs> you know, are you doing Bitcoin transactions all the time? And you have no job or, you know what I mean? Are you a T Ford employee that, you know, buys and sells Bitcoin once in a while? Or are you successfully trading Bitcoin for a profit and doing it all day long? Got it. Right. I thought you were going to say, are you thinking about Bitcoin all day? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it. these have all come from different decisions in the past where the government's yeah, lost. You got it. And then yeah. they're like, oh, we lost. Here, Here's we, why we, we lost. Let's we got to close this loophole. Yeah. Um, well, it's actually probably more where the government is one. Right. So, so where the government oh, loses outright, what do they end up doing? They just write new laws. That's, and that's what no, I'm saying. That, I think at one saying. point in time, yeah. they've none, lost. None of this stuff is, is law. This, these are all guidelines. Okay. okay? Oh, I see. Do you see what I'm okay. saying? The next thing. So would, what you're reading off, these are guidelines from CRA. These are guidelines these from are the CRA. these are not part of the Income Tax Act they're, in Canada. They're not, nece- they're not necessarily, think, you know, provisions in the Income Tax Act. Oh, so you can, I you see. Can, you can fight so you can, you can argue think, back and forth. Yeah, okay. You can argue back and forth, right. Okay. The next would be financing. Are you buying the Bitcoin to sell it with just your savings? Or are you financing it? And how complex is that financing? So are you going and getting a HELOC and, you know, for 50 grand mm-hmm. and buying and selling Bitcoin once in a while? Or are you going out there, getting private financing, getting bank loans, you know, and heavily leveraging your transactions? The more leverage that's applied and the more complex the leverage, the more we're looking at uh, business income rather than... uh, So everything you've discussed so far, because there's more points? There's a couple more. Okay, there's... But everything is so far for someone who's just buying it and holding it, Mm -hmm. whether it's themselves personally or inside a corporation that they own. Mm -hmm. That's re- and by holding it, I mean holding it for a period, let's say, of a year or longer. 
that's to me sounding like capital gains. Yeah, yeah. And I have an, I have a couple extreme examples in here to, to, to okay, give. Okay, sure. That, okay. That'll actually show you exactly, okay, exactly what it, you're saying. Got it, But keep right? going, sorry, let's hear sure. them all. So there's two more. Then advertising. Are you out there advertising? That doesn't mean you're taking out ads, right? Are you out there on Twitter with 50,000 followers and you are, you are saying, hey, I'm doing this. Here's my trade today, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Oh my gosh. And you're, we know you're looking a lot for of people doing that. You're looking for, you're looking to, you're selling a book on it. You're, you are, you know, are you yeah, yeah. advertising that you are in, in this and that you're some sort of an expert? Like you, if you talk about it on every podcast you do. No, but I just hold it. No, I'm not trading it. Yeah. I'm holding. I'm the classical definition of you buy it and you never see it again. <laughs> then the last thing would be in the nature, in the case of shares, which Bitcoin are not shares, it's their nature right? Is it a dividend paying stock or is it a dividend paying? But Bitcoin doesn't pay a dividend. The nature of it is that it's almost like a, like a currency or a commodity, right? So from that, that one's, it's, it's in the guidelines, but it's not really something big, right? So none of these things in and of itself, no point here um, will, will be the silver bullet that makes you um, that that makes a determination of business income versus capital gain. It's a collection of all of them. And that this is the checklist that an auditor would presumably be going through. Now, just, just full disclosure, I've never dealt with a Bitcoin audit for any of my clients at this point, mm-hmm. right? And Not just, yet, and, and you can tell that kind of stuff's coming. And just so everyone, like anyone listening that, that may not know, the reason why the CRA would try to if it's in their personal name, to would want to include it into their personal income, uh, sorry, business income versus capital gains is because the business income is taxed at their marginal rate. Whereas if it's capital gains, the first half of it is tax-free, correct? correct? So they want the greater tax. Yeah. A lot right. of this, I wonder if it becomes a bit mute. Let's kind of uh, say the liberals win this upcoming election with a majority. I'm just hypothetically. No, I'm that. just like hypothetically Can throwing. Let's just example? hypothetically say that this happens. <laughs> you give this capital, guy a heart attack. But, but the capital gains, I think uh, a lot of the accounts we speak with, uh, Fab, and I'd be interested in your your thinking on it. Uh, many people are thinking capital gains is going to the, the rate's going to go up, or the way it's calculated is going to go, or up. just a wealth tax overall. Yeah, so that a lot of what we're talking about maybe there's even matter because the capital gains rate is going to be so high that whether it's business right. income or capital gains, it's all the freaking same. Um, anyway, that's just a hypothetical for the future that we can talk about another time. Well, I mean, even from that particular perspective, this whole game could be changed. Uh, this whole sure, game overnight. of making germination by saying, you know, let's create two types of capital gains. If you buy and sell something within a year, it's short-term capital gain, it's taxed at 75% something longer term, but then what happens is people will design mm-hmm. their sure. affairs to circumvent that. Yeah, it's a yeah, cat and mouse right? game all yeah, the time. Totally. Right? It's, it's always a cat and what, mouse what game. What were the extreme cases that you were going to share? Okay. So here, um, some person, okay. They, they, they're a stock, they're a stock trader by, by a stock, um, uh, sorry, an investment advisor by trade. Okay. They buy and sell Bitcoin on all their client accounts. They're always on Twitter talking about Bitcoin. Um, they, they, they're advertising that they, they trade in Bitcoin. They're trading Bitcoin every single day on their own account. It's frequently trading. They're borrowing against their home to, uh, to invest this, something like that is an extreme example. It's they're ticking off every single box. That's clearly business income. Okay. But let's say one of your listeners, you know, said, Hey, what's this Bitcoin thing six years ago and bought it at whatever, I don't know what it was it like $5,000, whatever. 
forgot about it. They bought one Bitcoin. Now they're like, oh, it's like 60 grand. And they're like, I need to buy a house. Then they sell they sell their Bitcoin. That's the only transaction they've ever entered into. They don't follow any Bitcoin Twitter or nothing. That's clearly capital gain. Okay. So but wait a second. Why did you throw in they don't follow anything on Twitter? Because because they're not they're not spending any time. I know, but on it. But how right? would CRA just on that point? I'm just how would CRA decide if you're spending any time or not? Like you think CRA would actually come back to somebody and say you just did this one transaction, but we see you on Twitter commenting about. Oh, I, I just threw that in as a comment. But they will look to your social media. The CRA. Yeah, and that's why I'm asking. The CRA will look. Sorry, to your social that's where media. I'm coming from. They yeah. will look at your social media. Yes. Wow. Yeah, they will look at your social media. Anything, I'm never anything, talking yeah. about Bitcoin on social media again. <laughs> I mean, it's all public knowledge, yeah, right? Yeah. It's all public. And there's probably what 150, 160,000 employees at uh, at the CRA. Somebody's going to be yeah, sure. to you on yeah, yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah. or yeah, Facebook. Totally. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So from that particular perspective, you know, I bought a Bitcoin a couple of years ago, or I, you know, nowadays, you know, you can buy Bitcoin in a mutual fund or an ETF. You buy it, hold it, leave it, maybe trade it once every couple of years, and it's just part of your overall portfolio. And your portfolio is pretty calm, not a lot of turnover, and it's just sitting on the side. You bought all the stocks with um, savings from your T4 job that you work eight hours a day at, things like that. It's like, nobody needs to really worry about that. That's probably capital gain. It's 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 a non it's a non issue. You know, you just report it as capital gain, right? But it's it's when you're starting to tick all these boxes off. That's when it's gonna it's gonna be in the gray area, right? And so let's say you know you go to your accountant at the end of the year, and they ask for the details of your transactions. And literally, there's one of my clients came to me. This was when Bitcoin crashed. The poor guy lost a million dollars. It was crazy. But anyways, at the end of the day, um, this guy gave me his trades. I'm like, there there's over ten thousand lines on this on this spreadsheet, like what the hell were you doing? He's like, I was just trading day in, day out, day in, day out. Some yeah. people get really addicted, Holy like trading. Some, yeah. some people get really addicted wow. to trading. They, they, yeah, they, they, it they, very, yeah, seems very that I can't get into that. No, yeah. I, I can't. I, it just drives, it actually drives me crazy. I just know my emotional state. Like I'm not good at that. Like I was yeah. like, it's <laughs> just, would be throwing the laptop across. No, there. it's not even just that. It's like, it, as it goes up, I'm like, oh man, I should buy yeah, more. Yeah, as it yeah. goes down, I'm How like, oh, do should I just sell? Emotions? Like I would like buy high and sell low. Always. I'm not good. I like buy, hold. I'm, I'm an old school guy. And that's that's the thing, right? So it depends. Some people just are, they love the rush, mm -hmm. right? And so they're just trading all day. They're trading options. They're trading this, trading that. And it's the frequency, the time spent, um, you know, all of these things connect together. And there are some people that trade very frequently. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, they lose a lot of money and that's where the CRA will be like, no, no, it's capital, capital gain, capital loss because they get loss. more, yeah. they get more. They, yeah. They, it's a capital loss. Okay. You're not that's not, now CRA is yeah. not playing nice, but they're so not, their job is he had a million nice. dollars. So he had a million dollar loss. Yeah. But that, but that should be a million dollar business income type loss. Right. But that, but, but that they argued that it's CR, CRA's arguing. Nobody argued anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. But by we, default, they, yeah. they go to that. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. So then you have to argue in this case, you want it to be business. Exactly. Income. You want it to be business, right? So you have to have your ducks all lined up because you're making a very aggressive stance on your personal tax return, right? Sure. Cause you have you this massive, million dollar yeah. loss, right? And this person earns a lot of money, like about half, half a million plus per year. You know, that's a lot of tax revenue taken away. Um, 
we had a strategy for this particular individual and it worked and it worked out well, but, um, in the end we, we did not claim uh, a business loss for, for you were able to work it in different ways. There were other games and and whatnot. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's a very aggressive stance and it might be very justified, but you might have to, you know, defend it and, and defending it could be costly and time consuming and stressful. Like everything. I wonder, so where do you think we're headed? I was saying through the grapevine, some of our connections, I was mentioning to Fab earlier, Nick, that we're hearing that some of the digital platforms and, you know, what we would call exchanges, I guess, um, are saying they're about to be, or they're close to being regulated here. Um, and I think the regulation or the regulatory body or the status they're gonna get is through IROC. Yeah, I thought it was the same IROC is that you the, mentioned that. Yeah, so what does that mean to you if if I tell you some of these exchanges in Canada are about to be regulated through IROC? So, and, and this is all hypothetical. None of yeah, this has happened. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really looked into that. I mean, IROC is the Investment Industry Regulatory Authority of Canada, right? Um, uh, but from that particular perspective, Bitcoin uh, it, is it needs to be from the government's perspective must be regulated, right? Because you know securities are regulated, um, national currencies are regulated. Uh, so if IROC's going to regulate, do you think it's going to be classified as a security? No, no. Because IROC could regulate, and it'll be a commodity. Think, isn't that oh, U.S. Or currency? I, I, I'm, I'm so it actually, doesn't matter yeah. that IROC's regulating it. That has no, no bearing on. I, I actually haven't heard that it's IROC okay. um, that's going to be regulating this. Um, what have you heard? I've heard nothing. Oh, okay. I, I've heard nothing. I know the SEC is trying to figure something out in yeah. the states. Um, I, I really look to the Americans to figure this well, out. Haven't the states said they look at it as a commodity? Like there's, there was some ruling that came out a while ago that they, that's what I, I, I mean, this was months ago. Maybe. Though. Like, I, I know it wasn't, it hasn't all been finalized, but I know there was something that came up and that's how they looks like they're going to be treating it. But, but I mean, yeah, I, I know it's all being worked out formally right now. Right? Well, from a regulatory standpoint, right. It, it should be regulated because it's, it's, um, and this is once again, from the, the government of the world's perspective, right. So if you, if you're following, um, you know, sort of these big macroeconomic issues, the governments of the world, the main, the main, uh, wealthy nations, they, they need to make sure they're collecting tax, right? So one of the things they're looking at is people offshoring things or entering into these transactions whereby, you know, oh, I have my head office in the Cayman Islands and it charges a management fee to my American company. And yeah, my American company is, you know, making no profit. Loses money. Exactly. Right. So the other thing they're going to be looking at is um, how are people financing each other? So Bitcoin is is a very attractive asset um, for many practical reasons, but it's also a very attractive, attractive asset for terrorists and criminals. Okay. So the governments of the world have Un- a Unlike interest. the U.S. dollar. That's yeah, not but, an attractive well, the, the US, asset for... The, 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 US the, the, all the cocaine, all the, yeah. all the cocaine yeah. smugglers have been using for, for decades. The yeah. U.S. dollar is very attractive, but cash, paper cash, is difficult to move around. Sure. Okay. It, it requires but I would probably I would argue that digital, uh, sorry, uh, paper cash is more anonymous than Bitcoin. And so that, I, w- yeah. I would probably argue that physical cash is more attractive. So here, I have another argument. 
they just pay off the banks to to sure. wash all their Launder money anyway. Yeah. And, that, and that's factual because yeah, yeah. look what happened in all through Europe and stuff and all those banks. So yeah. it's right. yeah. there's lots of ways around that. There's a lot of ways to launder money, right? Yeah. But it's getting more and more difficult. We um, should have a podcast on laundering yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Strategies it, it, to launder it, money. It is, it is getting more and more difficult. You know, one of the, you know, low level, let's say drug dealers would simply, you know, they'd open up a, a social club. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, my social club makes X amount of money or a bar. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, we got money, you know, coming in from the... Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can go to a bar and who's paying cash, mm-hmm. right? So your point is that it's going to be regulated just because there's money to take here and the governments aren't currently getting it and they need the tax revenue. They need the tax revenue and they need to track people. Let, let's be, let's be mm-hmm. you know, very honest here. They need to track the flow of money. Mm-hmm. Right, they need that's to the see. Big, that's the bigger. Right. Th- that to me is almost the bigger thing. They they need to try, and it's and that's where you know that, that's where they're probably freaking out. Right. I wonder what happens here because, like, I'm just kind of thinking this out. You got a country like El Salvador, which I think in the next week or two makes it a legal currency, like it passes that bill and it makes Bitcoin a legal currency. So then, doesn't this? We you know how everyone in this space will talk about game theory, saying that okay, if a country like El Salvador is doing that so you're not taxed it's a currency um couldn't you just move a bunch of your bitcoin to el salvador open an account there i don't understand what status you're not supposed to if you take it my understanding is if you take assets out of the country so if you here and you move your bitcoin officially as canadian you move it to let's say an account down there or whatever it is then isn't it deemed disposition you pay tax on the value of it at the time no, if you break residency from if Canada. If you move break Canada. residency, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. If, you you're, can, if you're re- renouncing Canada as a But if I took a million dollars and I moved it down there, you mean I don't have to pay tax on it? There's nothing to say that. In the Bitcoin, I bought it for, right. what, a thousand? It's worth a million. No, I'm just hypothetically to, saying. And so am I. And I'm just asking, yeah. is, is, is there no tax implications to me if I do that? Let's think of something like this. Let's say you own a bunch of bank stocks here in Canada at, I don't know, whatever, Scotia Capital. And then you decide, you know what? I'm going to move it to TD Waterhouse. Are you going to pay tax? But it's still in Canada. Right? It it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're just moving, you're putting the the asset from one custodian to another. I guess I've just never thought how easy it is now to move it out of the borders. You you have to report it. You you are taxable on your worldwide income and you must report foreign, foreign holdings on your Canadian tax return. Right? Screw that, man. So you got to report it not only on your Canadian tax return for gains and losses, but you also have to, to report it on a special form that that reports all foreign transactions. They want to isolate foreign transactions because they want to see what's going on oh, outside of Canada, okay. right? Okay. Similar, similar the, the, in the US, you know, the treasury, you have to file something called an FBAR, where if you have a certain amount of cash sitting in foreign accounts, you have to report the monthly balance to the, to the treasury. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you when we opened up bank accounts in Croatia, they first thing they asked us uh, was, are we American citizens? And if we were, they weren't going to open the accounts because they Correct. didn't they want to deal with deal the with IRS. Yeah. But we were Canadian citizens and they were willing to open yep. the accounts. By the way, uh, Fab, a bank that we dealt with in Croatia went bankrupt. Um, so you know how nobody thinks banks go bankrupt? Yeah, they go we bankrupt. Had, all the time. Yeah, yeah, just in Canada, people yeah. don't. So but, why, why can't... Oh, no, I was going to say what's interesting about this whole conversation is it wasn't long ago that maybe even you, I, I don't know, but very it would be really unlikely that we were just even talking about this moving being, money re- this, around. Well, this being regulated yeah. and the regulations around it, it was more like, well, no, they're just going to shut it down. It's going to be illegal, 
right? Like that, that the conversation was, seems to be it's, now it's that's going to be regulated much more, even in the, either, even in the government circles, Canada and the U S there's much more focus on regulating it than saying, okay, we got to just get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that, and that hasn't taken long for that shift to kind of change. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, long since I guess we've been more involved in it mm-hmm. longer than, but, but you know, once, once it became, it's more just, it's just funny to me that years. like, I know what Fab's saying about moving money and you report it. It's just that it's going to be, be able to be moved so quickly now. Like you can move, well, you can it, move between, it to five different countries and do a hundred well, different things uh, yeah, like, before they even know. Like, right? uh, yeah, for example, you know how Ledin here in Toronto, uh, Ledin's a digital bank where you could deposit your Bitcoin or you can buy USDC, uh, the US dollar, sta- one of the US dollar stable coins, um, and you can earn interest on that. And, uh, you know, I think people from other countries are using Ledin uh, to deposit and do things here. And I'm just thinking, well, wait a second, that, that interest is going to be reported here in Canada. But if you're from Colombia depositing money at lead in here in Canada, earning interest, sure. Maybe you're going to report that you have your Bitcoin or whatever in another country. If people are going to say that on their tax return in Colombia or not, but the interest, do you think they're going to be reporting that interest income and where, so I, I, I'm just wondering, and I'm not saying someone will or won't do that. I'm just wondering, there are so many things that are about to happen. Well, the this, cross- this banking industry is about to get devastated. Yeah. They don't even they don't even know that they're getting. And you're it. not even considering over the counter over the counter derivatives. I can enter into a swap transaction for Canadian dollars versus Bitcoin. Let's say with somebody in Japan, right? Whatever it is. So these types of transactions are contractual, right? So you know you have options that trade on exchanges. You can have an option. I can have an option between you and I under a private contract, right? So now we're looking at, it's very difficult to control it all because there's private contracts with with options, futures, swaps. There's um, cold wallet, which I don't understand really how it works because I'm not a scientist, but... It's really easy. We'll tell you after the podcast. Don't worry. It's Um, not hard. But the regulation has already started in some cases in Canada, for example, you can buy prospectus based financial products that all they do is hold Bitcoin. So there's mutual fund manufacturers that will sell you a Bitcoin product that strikes a NAV or a net asset value every single day. And you can subscribe in and pull out. Then there's closed ended funds that trade on the Toronto Stock Exchange that you can buy intraday. So these these things have been cleared by the regulatory authorities here in Canada. So, you know, the regulation is already starting. Yeah, it's just yeah, a matter of it. time. It's got to flesh it all out. Right. Um, what happens when those products, because they're not, in, uh, we're in a small market still, right? So they're not, they're not regular. Or they're not approved yet in the U.S. Oh, geez, but when those first, ever, well, yeah, when those first ETFs get approved, if you look at US, how much money flew into the Purpose ETF, that Bitcoin ETF, and then just extrapolate that to the U.S. market, well, yeah, and that was Purpose, and that was after already the the first one that I bought. I forget what it was called. That first one was set up, and there was already money in that one. Yeah, three IQs fund. Yeah, like yeah. their Bitcoin, the Bitcoin yeah, fund. That was the closed. That was the closed one, and then mm-hmm. yeah, before and then, and then Purpose it just exploded it right. Well, now you have open ended funds that that are retail investor can just simply buy, like yeah. put 500 bucks in. You isn't know? That, that's purpose, isn't it? I think that's purpose. Yeah. Is that referred to? So it, a mutual fund is an, is an open-ended fund. Okay. Money goes in and out. You're actually putting money into the fund and out. An ETF or sorry, or a closed-ended fund that trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange, it's not money coming in and out. It's me and you trading hmm. with it. each other. So what's the difference between an open-ended? Why that's just a different style of fund? 
it's just it, it's just a different style of fund. The the fund manufacturer will take subscriptions and give you redemptions. So most yeah, hedge it. funds, private equity funds, mutual funds, that's how they operate. Um, ETFs are kind of um, ETFs are a little bit more complicated. So like uh, the, the, they can in, inject money in and out. Closed ended funds are are just that they're closed in essence. And and I need to buy your shares off you, and it's a transaction it. on on the outside of the fund. Yeah, got it. I see. Right? Okay. So then, where? What about you as a, a financial? What do you like to be referred to? A financial? I feel like you're a tax guy who knows finances it's, and it's, manages people's money. Like really, I I concentrate on tax, estate, and and investment okay. advisory. So someone right? who does what you do, mm-hmm. are you able to buy Bitcoin easily, or does your industry try to say no, 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 stay away from that stuff? So. My industry, you know, um, the investment industry is regulated. It's I can't just go out and buy, um, you know, derivatives. For example, I can't trade futures on your account. Um, I also choose not to be uh, options traded. But can you buy Bitcoin? You can buy Bitcoin. Yeah, I can buy Bitcoin for clients through an ETF, through an ETF, or through a mutual fund. Okay, can you buy Bitcoin? Am I allowed to buy? Yeah, Bitcoin? of course. Yeah, you an, are. Yeah, generally okay. it's through an ETF or through a mutual yeah, fund. Yeah, you, you can't, can't, and you can't buy it not. You know, you can't buy it directly through an exchange where you own it and put it off to a cold wallet yourself. Is that, that, is I'm that not just 100%, frowned upon? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, not that's 100%, what I'm trying to figure out. Is it frowned upon? Uh, I, I or believe it, I, I don't know if I can or can't. Um, uh, it would have to be definitely disclosed to my brokerage and to the regulator. I, I'm going to have to get back to you on that, but I why, I just why, wouldn't do it. No, personally. I get it. I'm just yeah. curious. Why does that kind of thing? Ha- what else has to be disclosed like that? If you buy gold and take it All, home? If you buy gold and take it home, that I don't think that dis- has to be disclosed. But if you're buying gold on an exchange, this is what they're trying to stop. You okay, from doing, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm a stockbroker, investment, whatever you want to call it. Okay, you're my client. Okay, and you say, you say, hey Fab, I got twenty five million dollars uh, that I, I believe in this particular oh, company. Oh, got it. I see. And I'm taking an unsolicited trade from you. Then I front it by got it. by putting so, it into so my wife's mean- account uh, somewhere else. I know that it's going to trigger a gain in the market. So I, you know what I'm saying? So your industry wants to regulate you from that point of view. I exactly. See. Because okay. that the, the temptation exists and that these, these sort of things happen. Yeah. Got it. Do you okay. see what I mean? Yes. So I have knowledge of the industry and I'm going to yeah, front run a trade. Like they want to stop that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you want to buy things on account, you know, mutual funds, ETFs. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we're allowed to, uh, just go out and get a cold wallet and sure i'm not sure i, I would say i would say you're that, allowed fab you're allowed. yeah, yeah. Okay. i would say just got a, next probably one here. we're gonna give you one 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 we're gonna it. set you up in five yeah. minutes you're good okay. to go. how much how much <laughs> in the last you know whatever 12 18 months how much have you seen the interest in the, that crypto space change in your client base like how many more questions are you getting about it versus like is it just i would it, say two years ago i was getting no no questions and now I'm starting to get some questions. Most of my clients are, um, you know, a, a lot of my clients are of retirement age. Yeah, they so have they've zero made interest. their wealth. Yeah. yeah, they made their wealth. They're like, fab, just, you know, give me some dividends and, you know. Yeah, give me some decent returns. I, to I need to, my- under, whatever companies you're buying, I need to know what it what they are, right? So they want to see companies that they know, right? Um, the younger clients, uh, they're more interested who would your younger clients be? Someone who's already at a younger age made some money? I feel like yes. your clients are typically people who are bringing some money to the table already. You know, I've changed my strategy on that. Um, okay. I used to be like, you know, if you don't have 
um, half a million dollars. I don't even want to talk to you. Okay. But then I'm that's sitting nice, back fam. and yeah, yeah, that's, that's a nice, nice way to way put to it. Go, Fabio, yeah. you're a nice person. But, but yeah, don't yeah, even talk to me. Now Listen. I'm looking at it like, hey, you know what? There's these people in their 30s that have <laughs> there are just, these people. They have, yeah. have 450,000, not half yeah, a million. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But they have so much potential and they want the guidance. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Give me a give me a couple bucks and let's start the process. Got it. Let, let so you're looking you. for the right mindset. Yeah, and and they have the right mindset. They're busy, and you know we didn't even talk to Fabio about NFTs yet. No, I know. Maybe, I, I, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't even know. Wait, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> Fabio, yeah. just, if, you're, if you are listening to this and not watching this, when we said NFTs, Fabio just put up his hand yeah. like, no, so don't, don't even talk to me about that. Yeah. We're not at the cold wallet stage still. Yeah. Yes. Right. But but even younger now I'm starting to like, I'm like, hey, I'll help these people because I can oftentimes what happens with the younger clients, I'm like, they're like, can I trade on my own? I'm like, listen, for all your crazy ideas, have your own side account. And, and just go crazy for all your they're crazy, crazy ideas. Their crazy ideas ends up being very profitable. No, is but crazy some of these then? some of these people make really good money. Okay, right? so they're not crazy ideas. No, no, but 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 the thing is the volatility. I don't want to deal with that kind yeah, of volatility. Okay, I don't want it, a phone call it. saying, "Hey, I want to buy this <laughs> this like thing on the the venture exchange." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm like, we'll tell him. We're going to show him some NFT yeah, stuff after this. Give me your give me your safe money. Give me your safe money. Let me plan it out for you. And I'm I'm sort of like you know your GP, and you see me every like you know anywhere from three months to one year, whatever. And we, and we take a look at your financial picture and then you have this money on the side where you're implementing your ideas. I'm like, why are you paying me? These are your ideas, right? Yeah. Just go run and do with them, them. Run do with them for 10 bucks yeah, yeah, a trade. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. There's no point. Cool. How did you, you've been doing this for a long time already. You're not, how old are you? You're not that old. 44. Well, you're, I'm, I think, yeah, I'm 44 in a couple of days. You're 44. You're looking yeah. good, dude. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I think you got to get your eyes checked maybe. No, no. Maybe. Yeah, well, eyes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, that Tom's could be got true. glasses that now. Could be true. So yeah. yeah. Since could I got wrong. them, I've never needed them, but I do now have glasses. There you but, go. But um, the, uh, yeah, I feel like you've been doing this for a long time. Just your wealth of knowledge in this area is really deep. I've been at it in some capacity, um, you know, full time for almost 20 years now so and the thing is uh i got lucky in that um i jumped from a, a bunch of different places so i worked at small accounting firms medium size large accounting firms i was in uh the hedge fund industry the wealth management industry so i got um i did about 10 years of just everything before i started getting into what i'm doing now yeah that's helped you a right lot. so i think that helped me mm-hmm. giving me that broad um i didn't specialize right away i i had a broad sort of spectrum of work that I that I worked in but technically I remember when I was 13 years old because my father was a CPA and he he ran his own firm and some of the clients what was that his I had, name also a heavy Italian Giovanni Giovanni okay. <laughs> okay um and I mean I'm working on some clients now that I used to work on when I was 13 14 years old because you know he retained them and then when he retired I took over his book and some of these guys are still here but it's the son or the daughter that's yeah, running it. the business, right? Wow. It's crazy. That's, that's interesting. So you've seen some generational wealth. Right. And I guess you see some general generational wealth just get wasted too. I've seen generational wealth get wasted, but um, I've seen, uh, if guided correctly, I've seen more compounded. Yes, I've wow. seen it grow exponentially. That's good yeah. to hear. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We yeah. Oft, you often hear, you yeah, often hear the, the, the reverse or the opposite stories, right? So it's nice to hear the those The opposite ones. may be the norm. I don't know. But for the, the people that I'm dealing with, um, the, a lot of people have 
transitioned wealth to the next generation quite effectively. And okay. to be honest, this is probably the area of practice that I'm uh, starting to really concentrate on the most. It's the transition from one to the other because the baby boomer, boomers are are now at the point where they need to, to make this transition, mm -hmm. right? So we want to bring you back for two things. Before the end of the year, we think some regulations are going to be passed in Canada from what we're hearing. So mm -hmm. I want to bring you back just to, once you digest that to get your okay. opinion on that and to talk about life insurance and estate planning. That topic's been coming up a lot. And Nick, Fab has some great ways to use life insurance. We were talking about the high cash value policies in the past. Oh, he yeah. has other policies where he's getting people to get policies and somebody else is paying the premium. So we'll talk about all oh, that cool. stuff. We'll save that for another episode. Sure. Fab, so if someone's looking to work with you how can they reach out to you what's the best way at, at the moment just email me so it's fabio f-a-b-i-o at c-m-l-l-p.com and i'm probably not going to answer you right away but i'll get back You'll to you in there. a couple days yeah, yeah. so fabio at c-m-l-l-p.com fab appreciate this man thank you anything else you wanted to slip in before we wrap up no, I think um, if the only thing that I want to say is um, if uh, you want the details on this, this uh, the Bitcoin taxation, you can go to cmlop.com uh, on blog and it's the latest blog post there Got and it. all the criteria is there. And I have a link to the more detailed criteria um, that the CRA has put out. Okay. So cmllp.com hit blog on the menu. Correct. It's the first and latest post, Correct. depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. And if you, all the details that you shared today are there with links to CRA. Correct. Awesome. Fab. Thank you so much. Always appreciate this. Man. Thanks thank guys. You. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradz again. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Fabio. He really knows his stuff. We agreed after recording that he would definitely come back with updates as soon as CRA gives us some more clarity. We are fully expecting the regulatory bodies here in Canada to have some announcements later this year. That's kind of what we're hearing through the grapevine. So we will see where we're headed with that and we will bring him back to keep all of us up to date in this space. And if you are listening to this and want to get the video access to the Your Life, Your Term show as well, you can find our videos at youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. I forgot the URL there for a second. It's youtube.com forward slash rockstar inner circle. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.